What is going on where you are? Praise Jesus. You are listening to Ground Up Podcast. I'm Luke. Do not have a guest with me this week. Uh, good to be back, though. Sorry that we missed last week. We had to do some traveling and spent the rest of this week getting caught back up from being gone a while. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about the Word, His Word, and what His Word says about the Word. Uh, without further ado, I'm going to read some scriptures for you. Uh, there's several short scriptures. Uh, if you want to take notes, that would be cool to refer back later. Um, Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word there is capitalized because it's God, and you'll see here the rest of this verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Second Peter 1, 19, And we have the prophetic Word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention, as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Uh, if you've been feeling depressed, lonely, like you're in a dark place. Uh, as Scripture just said, the way to get out of that is get in His Word. Talk to God. Pray to God. He's there for us all the time. There's living, breathing advice for every situation in our lives in His Word. Matthew 4, 4, But He answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. John six sixty three. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Now, let me just ask you a question, and this is going to sting some people. Um, and I'm probably going to re-ask it after you've had a few moments to reflect. Who do you serve? Uh, who is your master, your Lord? I know the Christian answer, everybody's thinking, oh, well, I serve God, I serve Jesus. Okay. This is going to fly in the face of some people. If we drew a pie chart and or a bar graph, however you mentally see things and figure them out better, and you put the time you spent with different things each day or each week, if you break it down by the week, social media, telephone itself without social media, work, sports with the kids, sports for yourself, entertainment for yourself, entertainment with the kids, church meeting itself, if you're going to church and listen to this, um, TV at home, sleep at home, and I realize, obviously, we need seven, eight hours of sleep, according to doctors, depending on your age. But when, when, you're, uh, when you're beyond those hours, I mean, do you nap two, three, four hours a day? Um, fill in the blank with whatever encapsulates your life every day. And what part of that chart, what percentage would reading the Word, praying to God, take up? 
um, a really snappy way to figure this out. You don't even have to draw a chart if you've got an iPhone. I don't know about Androids. But if you scroll all the way to the right, there is an actual uh, timekeeper of your phone usage. And there are some, I guess, still a few people that don't have the phone in their face 95% of the time they're awake. But if you're on the phone a good bit, it tells you plainly on here to the minute what percent of the day is with each kind of app and what's with the rest. And if your Bible apps aren't, you know, a big high part of that percentage, I mean, there's a help for your chart right there. Not saying that's the definite answer for all of it, but just, just, just write down, take a minute to write down, guess what you do hourly a day, uh, partly with scripture and prayer. And you can include speaking to others about Christ, obviously, uh, talking to friends about Christ or talking to strangers about Christ, uh, church time, time devoted to God. But other than that time, what what's the percentage of the rest of your day, or should I say God's day that he's giving you and me? Um, we're to tithe our time, our increase, and our, and our money, the increase of our money and our time. And I've told my youth for years this number, and the tithing of a day in minutes would be two hours and 21 minutes. Are you faithfully ever giving close to that? Uh, even once or twice a week or daily. Maybe you're doing it daily. Maybe you're doing more than that. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. I don't do that much daily. Uh, just to be transparent, I, I try to get close to that. I don't keep that number in my mind a lot, thinking about it in my daily life. I should. Maybe I need a bracelet that says 221. Maybe that's an idea. Uh, anybody making shirts and hats out there other than us, get you a 221 shirt going. Maybe that's the next big thing. Anyway, two hours and 21 minutes is a tithe of your time. And when the Bible speaks about our tithing, it talks about giving offerings. Well, offerings are above your tithe. So are we spending more than two hours and 21 minutes a day with Christ in any way? Um, why do you say that's who I serve or what I serve. Well, I'll tell you what God says about it. In Luke 16, 13, and this is in red. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Guys, I don't know how to say that any plainer, and I don't have to because God just told us, you can't serve God and this world, and this world fill in the blank for you. This world may be fame. This world may be fortune. This world may be savings accounts, IRAs, retirement, my children, college for my children, college for yourself, a truck bigger than my neighbors, a house bigger than my neighborhoods, a bigger pool, better clothes, a better job, a promotion at work, and there's never, ever enough of the promotion. If I could just get to here, oh, if I could just get to here, then when we get there, are we truly satisfied? Well, I thought that, but I need one more step to really be where I want to be. Um, I got some things that I was told. <laughs> I don't generally um, have a habit of referring to things my dad told me, but he told me one time something that stuck in my mind, and I'm not in the fourth and fifth decade yet of this, but this is what he told me. He said, son, when you get to be 30, you're going to think you got it made. 
if you'll just get to 30 when you're mid-20s. And then when you get in your 30s, you'll think, if I just get to 40 with the way I'm going, I'll have it made. And then when you get in your 40s, if you get to 50, if you could just get to 50, you're going to be telling yourself through your 40s, man, if I could just get to 50, all this is going to work out and I'm going to have it made. And it just it's just going to keep on going. And it's the same thing a lot of times with our wants and our desires. Is man, if I could get one more promotion, if I could just make two more dollars an hour or ten more dollars an hour or the new big thing I'm seeing a lot now, I don't know where they even got this number, but a lot of these jobs, these YouTube people and marketers are like, oh, man, 10000 a month, 10000 a month. That's our goal. If we could just get to 10000 a month, we could quit our job and never work for anybody again. Good grief. If I get to 10000 a month, I promise you I won't need it. I could that's for my job. Um, I don't know where they got that number. But we it's, it always seems that we have this these goals that are earthly that aren't really amounting to anything in the grander scheme of things. Let's read some more scripture about uh, God's word. First Thessalonians 2.13 says, And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. Now, let me speak on the believers. Um, and this is a hard truth I've had to tell youth groups and probably a few times I've preached to churches please listen carefully and don't don't get upset and let me finish but this is truth for you uh, I had a friend in college and he told me that um, he said he said why do you always pray every time you eat even a snack and stuff and I told him, you know, because I love Jesus, and that's one of the least things I feel like I can do is talk to him. And he goes on to tell me a story. They, I, I remember him from when we were in high school. I didn't know him good then, but I passed his house every day, and his house was, they lived in a, in a rough house. He said they had buckets in the floor catching rainwater. They, were, they weren't well off. Uh, and he told me, he said, man, my mom laid on that couch sick for weeks, maybe months. I can't remember. But he said, uh, my dad didn't have insurance. and We couldn't afford to send her to the doctor. And I remember praying, God, please help my mama. God, please help my mama. And God never helped my mama. Man, why? Why? Why didn't God help my mama? And I said, buddy, are you saved? And he's like, I don't guess so. I don't guess so. Why? And and here's the here's the truth that's hard for a lot of people. If you're not saved, you've got one prayer that God's going to answer, and that is, Jesus saved me. Now, once you get saved and you're in a relationship with Christ, you have God's power in prayer at your fingertips. But God doesn't promise lost people the power of prayer other than the prayer to be saved. Um, a lot of people uh, I've talked to over the years weren't saved and they wanted to use God as a genie and got mad. Well, I'm not going to get saved. Any he didn't answer my prayers anyway. Well, they got it backwards. And if you're thinking that, you've got it backwards. The power of prayer is given to those who are saved. And if you're not saved, you have one prayer that God is going to answer, and that's Jesus save me. Then we roll with the, the power of prayer and going. I just, I just want to get that out there and if anybody's confused i had 
some confusion at the last church I was at with one of my youth. I said that, and I tell them every week, and we're even where I'm at now. Look, if you're confused or have any questions, please don't leave here without talking to me. Let's get the scripture together. But this youth didn't do that, and I got a call, oh my goodness, from a family member. And we got into it, and then they saw that uh, the youth was confused and didn't take what I said right, and just it all got blown up. Please listen carefully. Um, comments on here, if you got any questions, please don't stop listening because you're mad and you don't understand something. If Search the scripture, pray about it if you're saved. If not, comment, ask somebody uh, that has biblical knowledge about it and, and get into scripture with them if you don't have a way to contact me. Anyway, let's, let's go on to some more scripture. Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's, that's part of what we're talking about right here. Because you have rejected knowledge, I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. How, how do you defeat a lack of knowledge? You study and read, right? So if we're not ever reading Scripture and we're going to church once a week, maybe maybe you're going twice a week, maybe you're going Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday, and you never miss unless something bad's happened or you're sick or you just cannot be there. But if we're not reading Scripture, guys, we're not. The preacher's not going to give you all the knowledge you need to have to go down this road of being a Christian and to help others understand. You've got to get in Scripture. We had a preacher visiting uh, probably four, three or four years ago. We didn't have a preacher. We were looking for a preacher, and this young cat, probably 30s, came up there and preached. And he said from the pulpit, I try to read at least one verse a day. And I looked at my wife. And she immediately grabbed my shoulder and said, be quiet. Don't get up. <laughs> Please don't say anything. It was everything in me I could do to keep from standing up and telling him to get out of that church. This is supposed to be a man of God that's preaching the gospel message to people. And he said, I try to read a verse a day. Listen to me. If you're trying to read a verse a day, if it's your first day of being saved, praise the Lord. But if you've been saved more than three days, I'm just being facetious. Oh, my goodness. Get in the Word. A verse a day. Just think if you read one sentence a day in school. In your K through 12, you read one sentence a day of whatever subject you pick. One sentence a day. What would your education be when you got out? It would be horrible. You wouldn't be able to count change at the store. So why do we try to play that with God, the most important being in the universe? Let's read Joshua 1.8. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Our culture in America is 98% success. That's all you hear about. Books, be a better me. How to be a better me. What to eat to be a better me. What music to listen to to be a better me. What clothes do I need to wear and buy to be a better me. God's telling you right here how to, be, how to have success. 
And success from Christ, there's no greater success. There is no success without God, period. Let me read this again. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. He's telling you plain. This is simple. Even I can understand this. Listen. Meditate on it day and night. That doesn't mean read a verse a day. That means be in his scripture and his holy word regularly. And when you don't have it out reading it, be talking to him about it. Be wondering about it. Be making notes on the side on your phone that you've got attached to your hand and face and hip all day, every day. Constantly in and out, thinking about God, talking to God. It's simple. He's telling us step by step how to have success and to be prosperous. I don't know how to, you said knowledge, I don't know about wisdom. We're supposed to seek wisdom. Okay, let's read James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Well, you shouldn't have that question anymore. There it is. How do I get wisdom? Ask God. 1 Corinthians 2, 13. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. And it's capital S, Spirit, the Holy Spirit, interpreting spiritual truth to those who are spiritual. Please don't give your personal opinion when you're witnessing to somebody unless they ask you what you personally think about a particular thing. You need to know Holy Scripture when you're witnessing. Guys, if you're witnessing to somebody, I tell you this regularly. If you're witnessing to somebody and they go, hey, what's your, what's your favorite Scripture? And you don't have a clue and you, don't, you have a blank stare, what do you think the devil's going to tell them? What do you think they're going to think? You're going to think this person's sitting here talking about trying to get me to be like them, and they don't even know a, a scripture. They don't know their sales. Why would I give up fun on Sundays to go be like them, and they don't, they don't even care about what they're talking about? That's what the devil's going to tell them in their mind. He's going to be like, hey, don't listen to them. They can't even tell you one verse out of the whole Bible. They're fake. That's, that's what they're going to be hearing in the left side of their ear, the devil whispering in their ear. Guys, we've got to know scripture for witnessing. There are many other reasons we're going to talk about. We need to know Scripture, but that's a main huge one. 1 Corinthians one eighteen: For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Listen, when you're witnessing the Scripture, you tell people any Scripture, it's the power of God. We can give them our testimony, and we can tell them funny stories and cool stories, and sometimes God may uh, push us to do that. But when we, th when we put Scripture on people, God's Word says His Word will not return void. And He says right here, to those that are being saved, it's the power of God. You're speaking Scripture over people, and that's God's power on them. Um. If you hear somebody arguing with you, saying that they don't believe the Bible is 100% accurate, oh, 
it's mostly right or well you've got one truth and i've got another i've heard that oh my goodness so many times i actually had a professor in seminary said that he believed the scripture was 99 point something percent accurate which is the reason i left mainly him second peter 1 20 through 21 knowing this first of all that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man but men spoke from god as they were carried along by the holy spirit guys and gals god's telling us right here look you can quit worrying and wondering how it got to paper Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit, it says. It's written by the Holy Spirit from God. There's, quit questioning it. And if somebody tells you that it's not 100% accurate, take them to the Scripture and say, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. This is what God says. John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Guys, we've got to know Scripture to witness. We've got to know Scripture so that when we're listening to preachers or teachers or speakers or whatever or even talking to a friend about the Word, that we know right from wrong. We know that what they're saying is right or it's not. The Bible says prove what you hear. Guys, how are we going to prove what we hear if we don't know any scripture? I'm not saying all preachers are crazy. I'm not saying any preachers in particular are crazy, but I'm saying this. We're human. We make mistakes, and you need to know what the scripture in case your preacher or my preacher, your youth minister, my youth minister, whoever is speaking to you says something that's not right or it's even heresy. It's not scriptural, whatever. Guys, we got to know the word. Or they could teach us anything they wanted, and we just go along with it blindly. These are some verses of, they're just beautiful. Uh, to kind of close in a good note, Isaiah 55, 10 through 11. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread of the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. That's, that's, that's beautiful. How sweet are your words? Psalm 119, 103. How sweet are your words to my taste? Sweeter than honey to my mouth. I actually, this was my scripture reading this morning. Psalm 119 was in in the uh, chapters that I went through. Isaiah 48, a promise that you can stand on. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. I, I'm getting on now, 48 years old. I feel like that's pretty old. And it seems as though I look around and time is just exponentially increasing in fleeting speed it's like i'm trying to grab it and hold on to it harder than ever and the more and harder i try to hold on to it the faster it's flying by and slipping through my fingers but god's word 
Let me read it again. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Guys, you can put hope in God and hope in his word. It's there forever. It's not going to change. It never has. It never will. And everything in it is help for us. It's aid for us. If you're sad, it's there for you. If you're broken, it's there for you. If, you're, if you've lost a loved one, there's things in God's scripture for you. If you've lost a job, there's things in there to lift you up and show you that God's here to hold you. There's an answer for everything in God's word. Any questions, any comments, don't hesitate to comment. Love God with everything you've got. Love others like yourself and be a light that brightens someone's day. Thanks a bunch for listening again. Have a blessed week and whatever you find yourself doing, do it to and for the glory of God.